0: Before I get into the message, I want to mention a couple of things. Uh, one is, if you um, ordered a poinsettia this year in memory or in honor of someone, if you're not going to be here tomorrow night for the Christmas Eve service, you can go ahead and, and take yours uh, after the service today. But if you're going to be here tomorrow, then just wait and take it then. But just wanted to let you know, because uh, it is a daily job. I'm sure that's done with joy, to keep these things alive and going. So uh, again, you'll want to take these either today or tomorrow night. I also want to, uh, we, we have a lot of prayer requests, obviously, and you know we have them listed and on the back. But I just want to ask uh, for special prayer um, for, for Jeff and Judy Swords right now and their family. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, Jeff has lost both an aunt and an uncle. Uh, right now, his father has only days to live and they're trying to make arrangements for his mother, who's, uh, who has Alzheimer's, and his father has been the caregiver. And so there's just a whole bunch of stuff going on there, and I just ask for your, for your prayers for that family. Um, I want to invite you, if you have your copy of God's Word, to turn to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31. And we'll be reading verses 1 through 14. I want to ask if you would please stand in honor and reverence for the reading of God's word. Jeremiah 31, beginning in verse 1. In that day, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. Those who survive the coming destruction will find blessings even in the barren land, for I will give rest to the people of Israel. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With an unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. I will rebuild you, my virgin Israel. You will again be happy and dance merrily with your tambourines. And again, you will plant your vineyards on the mountains of Samaria and eat from your own gardens there. The day will come when watchmen will shout from the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord our God. Now, this is what the Lord says Sing with joy for Israel. Shout for the greatest of nations. Shout out with praise and joy. Save your people, O Lord, the remnant of Israel. For I will bring them forth from the north and from the distant corners of the earth. I will not forget the blind and the lame, the expectant mothers and the women in labor. A great company will return. Tears of joy will stream down their faces, and I will lead them home with great care. And they will walk beside quiet waters, and on smooth paths where they will not stumble. For I am Israel's father, and Ephraim is my oldest child. Listen to this message from the Lord, you nations of the world, and proclaim it in distant coastlands. The Lord who scattered his people will gather them, and watch over them as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Israel from those too strong for them. They will come home and sing songs of joy on the heights of Jerusalem. They will be radiant because of the Lord's good gifts, the abundant crops of grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the healthy flocks and the herds. Their life will be like a watered garden, and all their sorrows will be gone. The young women will dance for joy, and the men, old and young, will join in the celebration. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and exchange their sorrow for rejoicing. The priests will enjoy abundance, and my people will feast on my good gifts. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you, and Lord, we love that we have mountaintops in our life that you allow us to experience. And Father, those are wonderful, but God, we are also incredibly grateful that through valleys... You do not abandon us. You are with us through the difficult times of our life, and your love endures through whatever we go through. We can hold on to you. We're thankful for that. We pray that that knowledge of who you are and how you love us, as we explore that today, God, that it would fill us with confidence and joy and hope and peace, all that we need to live today and tomorrow. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Entitled this sermon, Blessings in a Barren Land, comes directly from uh, verse 2. Those who survive the coming destruction will find blessings even in the barren land. This message is about how we are to think, how we are to react, how we we are to feel the attitude we are to have when we're going through those barren times, what we call wilderness experiences or desert times. These are those times when things just are not right in our life. And sometimes this comes about because of, of circumstances, Uh, Perhaps it's an illness that we just can't shake. Uh, Perhaps it's an unexpected uh, financial disaster. Uh, Maybe it's a relationship that is broken or strained or or causing us hurt. Uh, But probably the worst uh, of these desert experiences are when we feel distant from God. It's not just that we have tough things going on in our life, but that we cannot hear God. We go through the same motions, we attend uh, church services, we say prayers, we read the Bible, and yet that close, warm feeling that we have had often, that we have experienced, somehow that is missing. And there is a dryness in our life. We, we cannot hear from God or we cannot feel Him. Sometimes we know He's present, but we cannot hear the answers to the how question. God, I know you promise you will do this, but how? Or the why question. God, I know you say you love me, but why did you allow this to happen in my life? Why is there this emptiness? Why is there this scar? Why is there this difficulty? And when we don't hear the answers, or we don't hear the answers that we would like, or when we don't hear anything at all, we enter into these desert and dry times. And yet Jeremiah says, I've got a promise for you, Israel. You're about to go through a really bad time. He's not even waited until they're in it. He's going ahead and telling them, you're about to go through some tough stuff. And let me tell you that even as tough as it's going to be, there's some things that you need to know that should inform the way you think and feel and how you react as you go through this tough time. It's these things that he shares are really things about God's love. And as we kind of understand more about his God's love, we are better prepared to walk through those valleys that all of us inevitably walk through. And so this morning, I want us to look at three dimensions of God's love. The first is that God's love is patient. God's love is patient. I love verse three. It says, Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. As the children put it so well this morning, uh, I've been too patient. Uh, you know, patience is hard, patience is not fun. There's nobody that says, wakes up on Christmas morning and says, Mom and Dad, Can we wait another day? I'm really not in the mood to open these presents today. None of us have ever heard our children say that, okay? They're always, uh, can we get a present early? You know, is it, how about... Uh, can we get one one day early? What about two days early? But, you know, if we can get one one day, what about two days? Because that's Christmas Eve, 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 you know, and that, that whole thing keeps on going. And uh, and then it goes like the morning of Christmas. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but my parents, they had to put a time limit. They're like, you do not wake us up before this time or else. And they might put out here. You can have a little Santa gift or maybe you can have a stocking. But we want to sleep, you know. For some reason, they were up late the night before. I don't understand it, but they were up late and they wanted to sleep. And so they said, don't you wake us up. Patience is hard, though, for adults, just like it is for children. And isn't it good to know that God's love for us is patient? God said, I want to remind you, back before you had all messed up and sinned, back when I first made you into a nation, I told you I love you with an everlasting love. It's not just a love that goes for a little while. It is a love that never ends. And so if you're kind of wondering, you know, has God had enough? Has he gotten tired of me? Is the fact that I can't hear from him or the fact that I'm in a circumstance and situation which I don't feel like I deserve or maybe I did deserve, <laughs> does, it, does it mean that, that God's love has run out? And the answer is absolutely not. The first and most important dimension of God's love that we need to understand is that it is patient. It is everlasting. Whatever we do, we do not exhaust the love of God. Secondly, the love of God is not only patient, but it is powerful as well. In the second half of verse 3, it says, "...with unfailing love I have drawn you to myself." It's not only good enough to know that God's love lasts a really, really long time, but also to know that God's love is powerful enough. It's strong enough. We all know relationships among human beings that we knew, people we knew that once loved each other and we thought this couple or, or, or this child and parent, they loved each other so much and then some circumstances came into their life maybe a whole bunch of them over a certain amount of time, and their love just seemed to not be enough. The love was really there, but it couldn't quite measure up to the circumstances that were going on. But God's love is unfailing, he tells us. It is not only long, but it is also strong. It is a love that is powerful enough to go through the deepest and darkest situations and circumstances in our life. When uh, the girls sang the stars song, there's a section that says, Your love has called my name. What do I have to fear? It's so important for us to understand that we don't have just a man upstairs, just a benevolent God who really hopes and wishes for us but is not powerful enough to redeem us. No, we have an all-powerful God. And because that love is both long and strong, because it is powerful, we can know God loves me and his love matters because he's strong enough to deal with whatever we're going through in our time. The third and final dimension of God's love that I want us to think about and consider today is that God's love is a planned love. God's love is a planned love. That means God knows. God knows exactly what you're going to do. He knows exactly how you're going to mess up, how you're going to fail Him, how you're going to falter, how you're going to stray, and yet He plans to do good for you anyway. Now, how many times in our life have we done something nice for somebody? And let's just be real honest here. I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but just be honest. Have you done something good for somebody and they turned out to just, you know, be sorry? just plain sorry. I mean, they they didn't uh, receive it well, or they were ungrateful, or they betrayed you. And afterwards, you said the word, oh, if I knew then what I know now, I would not have. I would not have helped them. I would not have done this for them. I would not have put up with them if I knew, if I only knew. But here's the cool thing about God. He does know. He knows exactly what you and I did. It's just like in Romans where Paul said, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He looked down the quarter of time through all history, and guess what he saw? Not one of us was going to live up to what he had called us to, and yet he loved us anyway. He didn't choose us. He didn't pick us. He didn't die on the cross for us because we were worthy. He did that because he is worthy, and because his love is so great, he made a plan. And he said, I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to love them no matter what comes. So if you end up in a situation in your life where you say, you know, I know God said he loved me and all, but that's before I did this. That's before I acted in this way. That's before I rejected him. That's before I was disobedient. That's before I strayed. Guess what? God knew all those things. You see, here we are in Jeremiah uh, 31, and he's talking about what he's going to do and how joy is going to come even though it's sorrow right now and how he's a shepherd and he's going to guide them even though they, they as his sheep are kind of, they've gone astray. They're kind of beat up, battered up, beat down. And God says, I'm still going to guide you. And, and look, Jeremiah 31, remember we're just two chapters over from Jeremiah 29 where he says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and I love that God it, you, it, you go back and forth in these verses and, and one chapter he said don't keep going that direction because the consequences are terrible and yet in the very same breath he says I know you're probably going to do it anyway I, I know you're going to make that decision I know you're going to go off but guess what I still love you And when you come to your senses and when you're ready to embrace me, you'll find me right there because I never walked away from you. You walked away from me. But as soon as you turn and receive my grace, I'm there. And I will lead you beside those still waters. I will carry you as a gentle shepherd. I will restore you, and I will bring joy and peace and love back into your life. The love of God for us does not mean... That we will not go through valleys. And it does not mean we will not be hurt or have hardship or suffer true loss. But it means that he is with us through all those things. Even when we cannot feel him, even when we think we are experiencing the silence of God, he is still present. And he says, hold on. Because my love, it's going to last a long time. It's patient. And it's powerful. And it's Planned. And so no matter what happens, no matter what you do or what is done to you, God's love is there for you. And his love is what Bethlehem and what Calvary are all about. Christmas and Easter, it's all the same message. A message of people who don't deserve him, but a God who loves us anyway, reaching down and saying, I love you. Will you take my hand? Will you embrace me as your shepherd to lead you back? And just as he gave that offer thousands of years ago, he gives that same offer today to those who are hurting, to those who are weary, to those who find themselves in a place they never wanted to be. God says, I love you with a strong and powerful and never-ending love, and I offer it to you today. And God's desire is that you will accept that offer, maybe for the first time, but maybe you simply return from a distant place and you say, Lord, I'm coming home. I've been afar too long. I've been a prodigal son or daughter, but I'm back because I want to be with you in your pasture. I want you to lead me and guide me. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, you so loved us so much in such an awesome way that you gave your only Son. And of course, your Son, along with your Spirit, all of you loved us so much that it was a, it was a plan that in eternity past, you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit designed, knowing we'd falter, knowing we'd fail, You would redeem us, not because we were worth it, but because you're worthy. Lord, for those, if there's anybody here today who's never experienced the love of God, that today they would understand that, God, your salvation is worth far more than their sin. That they would repent of following their own way and they would turn to you in your way. God, among us who are believers, Lord, show us in our hearts where we've strayed from you. Even as we have claimed that we are your own and we've been admitted to the family of God, sometimes we drift and we need to be called home. And I pray that you'd return us to where we need to be today. Father, bless this time of um, invitation. You're inviting And God, now we ask your spirit would lead us to respond to that invitation. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.